0: Something interesting is sure to happen. Well, I think you ought to tell me who you are first. Mr. Rabbit, then why don't you ask the question? Goodness, this is quite extraordinary. Would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go? Today turning into the most curious adventure I've ever had. Welcome to the Alice in Wonderland podcast. This is a place for you to open your mind and let your sense of wonder imagination, and most importantly, curiosity loose. So I'm your host, Georgia Ellis, and today I'm joined by um, the amazing, and I'm going to put in brackets, millennial, because this is how I met her. <laughs> Neil Gilbert. So Tennille is, she's the CEO of Society Melbourne, and she's a passionate believer in the power of young people to make a difference um, through social change. So let's get curious with uh, Tennille. Welcome, Tennille.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Georgia.
0: My absolute pleasure. So just a little bit of background on how I met you and why you're here. And then I'm going to ask you a question. So for our listeners, um, I recently was chairing an event, a Women in Leadership event, and we had an amazing panel of millennials talking about how, what they were doing in the world in relation to leadership and leading change through social enterprise and some business startups that are making a real difference. And I was really impressed by the panels and uh, Tanil was on that panel and I really wanted to go a bit deeper because we didn't have a chance on the panel about what it is she actually does in her social enterprise and how she got into that. So we're going to hopefully go down that rabbit hole with Tanil today. But before we do, Tanil, I've got a question for you. Now, I I ask this to all of my guests and it's a very, very simple question, but it goes along the line of the story of Alice in Wonderland. So I'm assuming you are familiar with that story of Mm -hmm. Alice tumbling down the rabbit hole. Yeah. All these amazing people as she's going through Wonderland. So I want you to imagine that I'm seven-year-old Alice and I'm walking through Wonderland and I bump into you. You're, you're there doing your thing in Wonderland and I say, hey, Tanil, what, what is it that you do? How would you answer, how would you describe what it is you do to a child?
1: Mm, to a child, okay. That's a good test. I hear that's always a good test for whether you can describe your your thing well (laughs) I'll give it a shot Um, so I run hospitality businesses so cafes we do crepe bands so we sell crepes um, and a coffee cart and what we do is we try to make money so that we can help young people who are experiencing homelessness um, so we help them we give them jobs we give them training um, and we provide a community um, where these young people can feel at home and supported
0: wow so can you imagine a young child hearing that and being inspired by what you do not only a young child but somebody an adult like myself who's a generation i think or two maybe above you <laughs> if we awesome. talk about generations so that's really it's a really great social enterprise that you're running here so my first question is for you is well what got you into this why did you decide to do this type of social enterprise helping these type of people what was the what was the instigator Hmm.
1: Um, yeah, it's a good question. So I guess for me, it's just I always describe it as something that's just always been inside of me. This kind of need to be involved in something bigger than myself, um, and to be involved in in social justice and, and in helping others um, in whatever way I can. And yeah, it's just always been there. I often try and kind of pinpoint where it was in my in my childhood or in my teens that that. Um, became a real kind of spark um, but I'm not quite sure yet I'm still exploring where that exactly came into play Um, but for me kind of along that journey I did a whole lot of volunteering in all different areas I studied um, international studies community development and I did a kind of a six-month trip to India where I did a lot of volunteering there thinking that that was something that I would be quite interested in doing um, thinking that community development in um, developing countries was potentially my calling. Um, what I found was that that probably wasn't the case. Um, I really struggled with a lot of the, I guess, moral issues there of working in a community that's not your own um, and trying to enforce those Western values and ideas of how we think um, that things should be. And I, yeah, you know, through international studies really discovered that that wasn't all that was made out to be i guess that there were a lot of um underlying issues in the way that we're addressing problems i think in developing countries so for me with the experience and the skills that i had i didn't feel comfortable kind of continuing to go down that path um at least at the moment and thought that i would be able to do more good in my own community um more or less so yeah i came home and i basically just saw um, the ad for what was to be crates for Change and they were crowdfunding at the time um, for our first crate van and I just sent Dan our founder an email and said what can I do can I get involved um, so it was really as simple as that I was in the right kind of network or community at the time to you know see that at its early stages I kind of I'd heard of social enterprise I really didn't understand that much what it was. <laughs> um I just thought it might be a nice alternative to this kind of charity-based um model which I had studied a bit and you know and worked or volunteered within. Um, yeah, so I basically I just jumped on board and was like, yep, we need some help. Um, it was a bit of a Jack and Jill trades um, role at the time, so just whatever whatever happened happened. Um, we yeah raised enough money to to buy the van um, and to get the to get crates for change started. Um, yeah, and from there it's kind of just been a very similar experience. I I figured that I that I love social enterprise now, so I started to really understand what it all meant. Being in the startup world, um, I think it's a it's a very unique world, and I'm not sure how I'd go in like a regular, um, you know, established business. Now that I've, um, I'm so used to the kind of hectic life of the startup, um, yeah, and just kind of I jumped through a whole lot of roles. We've grown since then. We're now three social enterprises under our social enterprise umbrella, um, and yeah, I've just been lucky enough to to continue to be a part of it for bit over three and a half almost four years now
0: wow yeah you must have started when you're like 12 years old or something yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wasn't very old <laughs> none of us were though so <laughs> um, and there's a, there's a couple of things that come out of what you're you're saying there that i just love mm. to go down so we'll see how many rabbit holes we can go down with you so the first one is uh, a lot of people now, a number of years ago, I didn't even fully understand what social enterprise was. So mm. I'm going to make the assumption that some of our listeners may not be fully aware of what it entails to be a social enterprise. So can you just elaborate a little bit more? Because you've been on that journey yourself. Mm. What What makes a social enterprise different to, say, a charity and, and how does how does it work? yeah sure.
1: Um, I think yeah it's a really it's a really good point because it's interesting how many people i come across who who still don't or you know who don't yet know what a social enterprise is. Um, the way I describe it is basically that we run a business and we use a business model and with business principles, um, but we do so to generate a profit that then creates an impact so that we use to then invest into our impact um so yeah we have a social purpose at our core um that's yeah integral to how we run so i think that um i know that in victoria at the moment they're actually trying to come up with a definition of social enterprise um that is across the board but we're not there yet um so there's a few different kind of people would have different understandings of how it works but generally yeah you either have the profit that you put into your programs or you employ people um, from disadvantaged groups so we do that one as well um or you have a social or environmental activity that you run that basically creates that change as well
0: so out of those streams you're in two of them so you're employing people in the enterprise the disadvantage so in this case homeless yes yeah yeah youth homeless yeah and then your profits that you make what do you do with the profits to what's what's the part that you do that gives back through the profits that you make mm.
1: Yeah. Um, so what we do is we actually invest our profits into something called the post FOIA flexible fund. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful, um, which is run by launch housing. So launch housing are our, our major partners. Um, one of their kind of biggest homelessness support providers in Victoria. Um, and they, they had this project kind of just sitting, um, on their desk going, Hmm, we need some funding for this, but, it's a new project and no one wanted to to jump in and fund it and we said look we'd we'd love to fund something that's new something that's innovative um and yeah this for us ticked a lot of boxes so basically what it is is when young people leave supported accommodation with launch housing um so these are young people who have experienced or at risk of homelessness um and they're often in that support housing for kind of six to 24 months At the end of that time, that's when the launch housing were noticing a lot of issues because obviously the transition phase wasn't really there as to how do we then keep them out of the homelessness cycle um, rather than just going, well, you've had your time and if you didn't work yourself out in that time, then bad luck, move on. Um, So we fund a 12-month program where these young people enter into the private rental market um, and they're supported on kind of, it's a step down process so we start by um, paying 80% of their rent all the way down across the 12 months until they're paying 100% of their rent and it just is about really giving them that opportunity to take the time to understand how they can you know be independent how they can look after or pay for their necessities Um, yeah to give them time to sort themselves you know into a place where they can become independent um yeah and it's been awesome it's had 100 percent success rate. so every young person that's gone through that program after the 12 months has maintained um their housing which is huge
0: yeah that's amazing yeah. so aside from the financial assistance you're giving them to pay their rent is there anything else you're doing for them because you say it's a 12 month program and as soon as you mm. said program my background is you know Personal development—that's what program. Yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah. Is, there, is there any other type of help you're giving them from more of a potentially a mindset, self-awareness piece, so that they don't fall back? It's the money's one thing, managing the money, but there's also mm. what's going on, on the inside. So, is there a part of that that goes on in there too?
1: Yeah, for sure. So it kind of it links in either as a back end of our training program. So we also run the training and employment program. And that program has a lot more to do with, okay, how can we really set you up um, so that you, and building confidence kind of, as you mentioned, it's one of the biggest things that we can um, do for young people and creating a sense of community. So, you know, a lot of people when they're trying to exit the homelessness cycle, they continue to be pulled back into it um, because they don't have that community of support. Their community of support is still within others who are experiencing homelessness. Um, So we provide those things along with the training, um and employment to make sure that that they know basically that they can be valued that they can go into a workplace and that they they you know can do some they can contribute um to that workplace which is a massive um yeah is massive for them in terms of confidence in particular um, in the post foyer flexible fund launch continue to bro- provide support um to the young people throughout that time so yeah it kind of all comes hand in hand like what's really important to us Um, is that we don't have kind of social workers or youth workers in our team we actually rely on launch housing and on melbourne city mission one of our other partners to provide that support so we're really big on individualized support and holistic support so yeah we can't expect them to just go out and yeah here's here's the way to manage some money but actually here's the way that you can know that you are valuable that you can have confidence in yourself that you can have people who are always going to support you Mm. so we see it you know it's a It's a massive problem um, and it requires a pretty full on hands on solution.
0: Yeah. And what a, what a great impact you're making. So a hundred percent success rate so far to date. So Mm. that is, that is great. Cause I I remember Melbourne's Lord Mayor, Sally Capp. She, one of the things she mentioned that what they're doing for Melbourne, what she wants to do is reduce the amount of homelessness in, in Melbourne. So Mm. it's like yours and social enterprises like yours are, you know, you're not waiting for local government to kick in and say, I want to do something. You're actually out there doing it.
1: Mm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, you know, that's almost where I see a lot of social enterprises fitting in is saying, you know what? Yeah, we can't wait any longer. This is happening right now. Um, and that's, you know, the way that we're going to approach it is we're going to do something about it now. Um, yeah. So we're lucky that we have, yeah, good partners and yeah, hopefully, who you knows, the government will
0: put in as well. <laughs> really nice. Are you noticing, are you noticing a difference? Because, this is stemming from the panel discussion that we had. And the panel was a lineup of millennials. And I was super impressed afterwards because we hear a lot out there that, you know, that this younger generation don't care, they're all about material possessions and that they're they're lazy and or they want everything given to them on a on a silver platter. I've never believed that, but you, you guys, when I say guys because it was a, a group of you, when you were talking, it actually made me realise that it's, you've got so much more power and influence than what we're giving you credit for as older generations. So are you noticing with some of the social enterprises, is it more of the younger generation starting these up?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, um, why do you think that is? it's an interesting one um so i actually work and i'm sitting here at um the foundation for young australians and i work out of a spot here called the hub um and the hub is basically filled with young social entrepreneurs um and i think it actually was have been reflecting on that um panel discussion about the millennials and um the discussion of the snowflake generation that we had as well and um for anyone listening who's not sure what that's about it's i Basically, the idea that we've been told, us millennials growing up, um, that we are so special and we become very precious um, in ourselves in thinking that we are such special and important beings. And I kind of wondered if that had a, had a double um, effect on us in a way, um, that being told that we're special and seeing all of the challenges that are going on in the world, rather than going, oh, well, we're we're special and we don't have anything to do with this it's we're actually entitled. yeah well we can actually make a change so you know that's where there's quite a bit of an imp- of empowerment there because we've been told that for so long um i do wonder if that's a part of it and if yeah there's just a building of we can do something about this and just because i am however old it doesn't mean that i can't make a change and i think that's a shift as well um you know i look at my parents for example and i know that they've had to work really hard just to get to a point where they feel comfortable in their lives and they had to you know work through jobs that they didn't necessarily like and this and that and obviously did so for myself and my sister to get a good education and all of that and i think that's a very similar story across a lot of my friends where we've now been able to have that great education um and we're now going well we're kind of comfortable and content in our own lives and we're looking at the bigger picture. Um, there's definitely a lot of shifts happening, I think within the generation. Um, yeah, the young social entrepreneurs, it's, it's a trend.
0: (laughs) Um, I think it's a good trend just as my personal opinion here, no facts, no anything like that. But I think it's a really beautiful trend because growing up when, when I was your age, when I was knee high to a grasshopper, when I was your age, um, there was none of that. There was none of this, how can I make a difference? And nobody in my circles was caring about how I could make a difference. It was all, mm. let's get a job, let's get a career. This is what we were taught. We were never told that we could have that ability to make mm. an impact. And I think part of it is also the world has changed we're now more connected through social media we can see where things need to change like i grew up in the suburbs so i didn't see the homelessness not that there was as much then as there is now mm. yeah. um, and you don't get so much exposure to some of these things but you could just put on some social media and you're going to see where there needs to be some something done and mm. for whatever reason we, we, we probably don't know if one's going to have their own motives
1: you guys
0: i'm saying this in a general thing in a general term are putting your hand up and going well i'll give it a go Mm,
1: yeah absolutely That's true um and i think there's also yeah in saying that there's probably more there's more opportunities not only you know possibly with social media and things like that but to to see someone else your own age doing it i guess it's that whole you cannot be what you cannot see um mentality that as we're seeing more younger people doing it more people are becoming inspired to do it there's more and more, you know, accelerator programs and startups that are getting young people to think about what is your idea and how are you going to make this difference? Um, and also in schools, they're, they're beginning to actually teach about social enterprise, um, which I think is really cool as well. So introducing the concept at an even younger age that now it's not getting to the end of uni and then discovering what a social enterprise is. It's coming yeah, into the discussion much earlier.
0: I've got so much faith in the future listening to you guys. And I know even people, you know, in my generation, we can make the difference as well. But mm. seeing what seeing what is happening out there, I think there's a majority of people doing far more good than what we know. And if you're mm. open to looking, you're going to notice that there are people out there making a difference like, like yourselves. Mm. So what would be in your day-to-day running of a social enterprise I'm going to ask you a two-fold question first yep. part, what's the what what would be your major challenges to keep a social enterprise running and then what is what's the best thing about running a social enterprise
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay um challenges okay so challenges is it's probably the money (laughs) um so i think that there's a real idea put out there that a social enterprise should be completely um self-sufficient um which we are quite self-sufficient um you know our our cafes can run operationally self sufficiently um, but when it comes to impact and added activities it's quite difficult um, to get everything run just through operations and i guess yeah a an ideal social enterprise might be able to run everything it needs to just on its um operational revenue so and i think that's a really interesting one because i had that idea in my head for a really long time and then i started to go wait like we are running cafes. We're also employing and training young people from disadvantaged backgrounds. We're also trying to generate a profit to invest into um, our other projects. And we also need to pay people. We also have people working behind the scenes because we need all of this to be coordinated. And there's a lot more going on than just at your regular cafe down the street. Um, so that's a really big part of it is, I guess, finding the money, but also, yeah, balancing it out and making sure that we're, we're doing the right thing so that we're putting impact into the most efficient um, sources. But also, we rely so, or we believe really um, in individualized approaches. So we put a lot of resources into each person. Um, so there's a lot of kind of, there's a lot of challenges in dealing with those finances. Um, and yeah, just how do we make sure that it keeps ticking over, I guess um the best thing the best thing is is definitely being there with the impact every day so actually being able to you know i know all of our trainees um you know i get to hang out with them whenever go down to the cafe and they'll make me a coffee and i'm actually seeing every week and every time i see them i'm seeing their confidence and their skills improve um and, yeah, it's, it's heartwarming to know that we're actually making a direct impact on on young lives. Um, and as we say, you know, our we don't work with hundreds or thousands of young people. We work with quite small numbers. Um, but that means we have that personal interaction with each and every one of them and we get to see where they're going and that's huge.
0: But even that, that thought of, you know, we don't get to work with thousands of people, but it's the ripple effect, isn't it? Just, oh, it yeah. can change one person's life they can go on to change another person's life and it becomes that ripple effect so Mm. starting small has this really beautiful way to expand out into a community a country and then the planet so Mm. yeah it's yeah what a beautiful thing to be there at the cold front and actually see the change happening before your eyes not many people get to see that in their work Mm,
1: yeah, absolutely. No, I feel, I feel very lucky, but it's something I get to do every day.
0: So you've got, talk to us a little bit more. So you've mentioned cafes. So where are your cafes located?
1: Um, so we've got a cafe in Brunswick. So that one is called Home One. Um, and Home One, it's just next to Anstey Station in Brunswick. So it's a micro cafe. Um, it's got all awesome coffee, um, snacks, breakfast, lunch. It's a beautiful outdoor area there um, and indoor on the weekends. So Home One has quite a few trainees going through there as well. There's also volunteers who work throughout the week to support the operations. Um, So yeah, it's a really nice little community down there. Um, Then we have the coffee cart. So the Coffee Cart Changing Lives. Um, That's at RMIT University um, in the city. So it's in the RMIT training building. Um, and that's kind of the first base of our training. So it's quite a quiet space and it's where the trainees start off just to get to learn those initial skills around barista and customer service and things like that. Um, and then we have the crepes for change van of course. So that goes around wherever it needs to be, um, and serves up delicious crepes and yeah, that's It's a pretty kind of basic social enterprise model that one, Um, and we've also got a private coffee cart, so that goes out to mainly corporates and functions and things like that. Um, Serves up great coffee. So you're a bit bit of everywhere. It's really great. Yeah, we're quite spread out actually, (laughs) (laughs) which is good though. You know, it means that we can connect with a whole lot of different um, communities, and you know, we can be exposed to a lot of different people. And our trainees can travel around, and our volunteers. We have volunteers across all of our enterprises as well so they can be in wherever they need to be someone can kind of be um there at the space
0: yeah so i want to ask you what advice would you have for somebody a listener who's sitting here going and they're i'm inspired by to you know (laughs) they're hang on i want to make a difference so they've got their nine to five job and somehow they're thinking i want to get involved in social enterprise this is just you know singing to my heart i want to make a difference What's mm. advice you can give someone around getting into that space? You know, what would they expect? Because sometimes we hear things go, This sounds wonderful. Mm. With everything in life, there are challenges. With everything in life, there are high points. So what would you suggest for somebody who's wanting to either get involved volunteering or starting one or joining one? What's some mm. of experience you can share? Mm.
1: Um, so I think if you're if you're joining one um to to volunteer as a team member that's basically about finding your community i think and finding the people that really talk to you that they've got they're involved with something that you're passionate about i think being passionate about the cause first and foremost um is what's going to keep you there um but for somewhere you know like society melbourne we have an amazing team we've got about 70 volunteers um and for us for a lot of our volunteers it's being belonging to that community and knowing what, what we do more broadly. So I think, yeah, really have some chats with people in the space or just do your, do your research around what it is, the issue that you want to or the cause that you are most aligned with. Um, And there's plenty of social enterprises out there with volunteer roles um, that I think can get involved in. I think in starting one, again it's do your research (laughs) um there it's a real it's a growing space and there's a huge amount of support out there at the moment um in particular victorian government have a great amount of support for it there's a lot of accelerator programs um and those are the kind of programs that are going to put you through the ringer so to speak um for you know eight weeks or so and actually help you to work out if it's something that is is viable so having yeah and i think start off with a simple idea start off with something as simple and as kind of minimal as you can and test it from there
0: yeah good great advice because i know there'll be people sitting here listening and going you know how can i get involved now if they can't physically volunteer and they're not interested in uh you know starting one up themselves now you mentioned before our biggest challenge is uh is money are there ways to donate and to gift to social media as part social media sorry social enterprises of the tongue there yeah. <laughs> We don't want to donate to but, social media but, we do get... <laughs> social enterprise um, yeah so is there a way that they can contribute because you know we can not don- donate to charities and yeah. donate and gift to social enterprises.
1: Yeah yeah um, generally you can so it depends on how the social enterprise is being set up um but for example we are a not-for-profit so you are able to donate to us um the percentage of social enterprises that i know are also not-for-profits but most of the time if you go on a website if if the social enterprise wants donations they'll have a pretty easy button there letting you do that um, sign, um, yeah. right? yeah. <laughs> um and i think a really cool way to get involved is is something like you know how we how we started both the crepe man and the coffee cart was with a crowdfunding campaign and that's kind of putting your dollars behind something which is kind of new and innovative and exciting Um, and you get to be a part of that the starting up of a new social enterprise and you usually get something um, little in return like a few few coffees on the house or whatever
0: it might be so maybe look at that um, aspect of things as well. So I'm gonna change tactics now because there's a few things as I said in the first way you answered it, that I thought oh we have got lots of things we can go (laughs) and I'm going to imagine that now you've been, you said you've been in this uh, social enterprise for about four years, three and a half, four years. Yeah, yeah. The person you are today is, I'm going to guess, because I didn't know you four and a half years ago, four years ago, is probably remarkably different to the person you were when you started. So what has been for you, what do you think have been some of the benefits for you in getting involved in something like this? How is it how has it changed you? What are you noticing about your abilities and your skills that have changed, changed over time as you have got, got into this uh, line of work? Mm, yeah,
1: um, a lot for sure. I think the biggest would probably be around my confidence um, and self-belief. So I guess touching back on that millennial concept, the first times that I was work, walking into meetings with potential partners, I was shaking and almost breaking down and thinking, who's even going to want to listen to a 20 year old, um, tell them about this idea that they have. Um, I was very skeptical of whether or not anyone would kind of take me seriously, I guess. Um, and that has, that's been a really you know big learning journey. And I think for me, it's been, to be honest, a lot about, about faking it until I make it going in and pretending that I'm confident as anything. Um, and knowing, you know, knowing that I'm completely confident in what we do, it's more just my belief in whether or not people are going to, yeah, want to listen and want to be involved. So that's been a huge one. Um, adapting to that, knowing how to network fear (laughs) (laughs) it still gets me a little bit um but knowing how important that is at the end of the day to what we're doing um that's been a huge one I think leadership's been massive as well as I said I've kind of just been I mean I think I was I was lucky very lucky at the timing that I got involved and then being able to just continue to be go into leadership positions, um, within the team whilst we were growing and now, yeah, leading a team of, yeah, about 70 and most of them 90% volunteers, which is, you know, it's a whole different way of managing and it's a whole different way, um, of leading a team. So that's been huge learning journey. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, just recently, I think money's come up a couple of times and it's probably obvious my kind of, like slight um squirmishness as i talk about money um but i think that's been a really big one as well is actually trying you know really understanding how a, how a business works because my background is certainly not in in business it's in that community development impact side um so knowing that business isn't an evil word either that that's a really positive thing and that we can learn so much from the way that businesses work um yeah, to make sure that we are sustainable um, as a social enterprise and that we're, we're not just trying to kind of get along clawing at well, whoever might want to help us.
0: So your, your answer there around confidence, I'm, I'm picturing you, you know, as a young in your early 20s going into a meeting with a potential partner or somebody who's going to do some work with you. How how were you received? How do you feel? Because sometimes you're not going to know 100%, but mm. how do you feel that you were actually received by these people um, that you were going into with this idea?
1: Mm. I I would guess that probably how I thought I was received um, was very different to how I, how I was received for sure. Um, I definitely felt that they were just looking at me going another one of these young people with big ideas. (laughs) Um, But um, to be fair, you know, a couple of those conversations that we had in the early days, those are still our partners today. So surely they weren't actually looking at us like that at all. Um, They were taking us seriously. And most of them kind of remind us on a regular basis how, how much we inspire them and how excited they are to work with our team of young people Um, and that that excites them, that they can see that that's a part of, you know, where this sector is going and where the social enterprise space is going in particular, but how, you know, the both the not-for-profits and funders that we partner with are actually, yeah, they are inspired by that. And that's, that's a really cool thing. And I probably haven't, let myself believe that for a while or, you know, I've just gone, oh yeah, whatever. Okay. Um, but to actually realize that, that they mean that, um, and that they are looking at, you know, the young people, for example, who are sitting in the hub who are doing this work and, uh, you know, as you're, as you're saying as well, are really hopeful um, for the future and can see that there's a lot of positivity there. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's really good because the reason I want to ask that question is because I think there's this belief out there that we've created a self-perpetuating belief that, ah, oh, you know, no one wants to work with the young people. But I think you're starting to see that, hang on, that's not true. Mm. There's always exceptions to these beliefs and rules we're putting out there. Like people say, young people are oh, they just expect everything and then no, there's an exception. Look at Tanil. look at Tanil mm. and the the seventy people in in your social enterprise that are making a difference. So no, they're not all lazy and they're not all wanting um, something for nothing. And mm. then you think about, well, are there older people out there just going, oh, just another millennial coming in the door with some great idea that. You know, really, you know, who do they think they are? They've got no business experience. they have no idea about the world. They haven't lived yet. Yeah, there's people out there that actually don't think like that. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be really excited to have you walk in the door and open yeah. your eyes to something new. So yeah, I think, it's, I think it goes hand in hand. I think it's not just the millennials that are going to make a difference. I think it's a combination of all the generations realizing the strengths that you have that mm. belief that you have been given that, hey, you're special, you can do something. When it mm. like said earlier, it's, it has had a positive impact. Mm. You're going, well, hang on, I can make a difference. And there are people out there who are doing that. So I think for what you want to deliver, some of it you can't deliver without the help of the older generations, correct? Mm. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So it's yeah. not just you, like we look at you and go, oh, they're making a huge difference. And you're just saying, well, mm. you know, I've had to go and talk to these older people and get the help. <laughs> but if, you're, if you've got some people listening, right? Let's say we've got some some of our listeners, and they're in an older generation, and they've always had this belief around around the younger generation, going, "Well, they can't make a difference. They've got no experience." You know, when you apply for jobs, you know, you need experience in this. This. Mm, mm, yeah. um, what What would you say? What would you say to that older generation that still may have their doubts?
1: Mm, yeah um i think
0: in some way
1: the older generation do have to understand what you're saying there that we as the younger generation do need to learn just as much from the older generation um but i think the older generation also have things to learn from us and i think that can be a really difficult kind of pill to swallow if you like or concept to to be okay with um for the older generation i think that you know, knowing that millennials probably do work differently. We do have different expectations um, about how we'll be treated or kind of what responsibilities we might be given and things like that, but that you can actually take that and use it to really advance your organization, I think, because you've got young people. uh, I know there's a lot of studies around young people wanting to work in an organization that has purpose, so when the purpose is there, we are so driven to work towards it. And I think that's a really big thing that you can take on in an organization um, that's bringing millennials in and to say, well, here's the purpose. This is what we're aiming for. And you will have us kind of just flocking and doing everything we can to get there. You know, I think most of us aren't content with the idea of a nine to five work day. Most of us can't switch off for better or for worse. <laughs> um so we will engage and we will want to really work towards and create innovative solutions um to creating that purpose but at the end of the day I think that young people also need to not jump the gun we also need to realize that experience it does mean something um but also I think our lack of experience sometimes means that we're a little bit less jaded perhaps by certain things and you know we'll come up with new ideas and feel like we have um a more kind of open site like to work on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that some of us I'm saying that I'm speaking hard, like, <laughs> I've, got it, I've got it completely wrong. So <laughs> I'm not all of us, but some of us have. And I think there's yeah. a really great opportunity right here in this moment in time when we are as a as a as a species on this planet to really collaborate and work together. Because I think yeah. I think societies, the earth, everything's just showing us it needs help, but it, it's not going to just take one generation it's gonna take everyone together oh, to do this absolutely. and um as you mentioned you know you can't do it on your own without the support from the older generations and if the older generations are going how do I make a difference they can't really do it without you guys you're because you really do have this this energy that gets linked really tightly entwined with the purpose I've seen it play out so mm. um I just think it's a beautiful space right here right now for all of us to get involved and start making greater impact on the planet not just going for nine to five job just to get some money to buy a house drive a car to go on a holiday for four weeks of the year but to go to work work however long it takes to make a difference and make an impact to make the world a better place right yeah
1: absolutely that's definitely how how i see it and yeah hopefully yeah more people kind of join on with that idea i think we've got a good thing going for us
0: yeah. so on that note how do people get in contact with you if they want to join in and get on board with what you're doing <laughs> um, where can they find you how can they reach out what's the best way for them to get hold of you
1: yeah sure um, so our website is the best way just to kind of check out everything that we do and get a better understanding um, so that is just society.melbourne um, that is all it is. I know many people ask the question, (laughs) just that, um, you can email me. So it's teneal at society.melbourne. Um, and I'm more than happy to kind of, yeah, get in touch with, with anyone who's interested. Otherwise, yeah, check out our Facebook and our Instagram pages, which are the same. Um, yeah go along to home one in Brunswick that's kind of you know our most permanent um it's open seven days a week so you can always check in there and ask the guys there some questions
0: um about what goes on as well awesome now we have some I know we have some international listeners as well so if there's anyone internationally who wants to get involved or create a social enterprise and not knowing how to start up is that something they can reach out to you for a little bit of you know How how do I get started? Um, Sort of what's the mindset I need to have sort of feel? Is that something you could help people with as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. More than happy to to answer any questions like that. I think, you know, the social enterprise space is definitely full of a lot of people who are willing to share their learnings um, and mentor or whatever it might be. So we've had a lot of help in the past and I'm
0: more than happy to pass that on. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for jumping on board the Alice in Wonderland podcast. I know we probably could have spoken about a whole lot of other things with you and your journey, but I just also want to want to thank thank you for what you're doing. Uh, I know walking around the especially the streets of Melbourne, it's a very different place than what it was. I'd say even ten years ago, with the amount of homelessness there and what you're doing is not just giving people a hand up; you're empowering them for a better future. And I think that's just amazing. I want to thank you for doing that on behalf of the the community and and yeah, people around us. We need to we need to recognize the things that you guys do. And I know that you do it for and social enterprises. You know, not out there making corporate wages either. So you're making sac- personal sacrifices to mm. make the world a better place. And I really appreciate it. So thank you.
1: Yeah, you're more than
0: welcome, thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you for listening in and making it all the way to the end of the conversation with Tennille and myself. I really love the energy of the younger generations and what they're bringing to the world. And I'm seeing it more and more. There are people out there really making a difference. And what happens is if we get hooked into watching the news or listening to the radio, sometimes we don't hear about these extraordinary stories of people making a real difference and an impact on our world and our society on our behalf. So, you know, I really hope this helps you think a little bit differently about the younger generation and their capacity to make a difference. And I also hope it encourages you to get involved in some way. You know, if you can't physically be there and help a social enterprise, do you have a little bit of your income that you can pass on to them to help? Can you offer a scholarship? Can you can you offer a little bit of your time? Or maybe it's a resource you can offer them for a short amount of time because This is your way of also giving back. You will have something within your realm and within your reach that you can help make a difference through these enterprises that are out there at the forefront, making a difference on our behalf. So thank you so much for staying on board the Alice in Wonderland podcast to the end. If you've loved this episode, as I said, give me a like, leave a comment and um, I look forward to bringing more extraordinary people into your life in the next episode. Bye for now and stay curious. Today is turning into the
1: most curious adventure I've ever had.